Hey friends, this is Josh Blair and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you could check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Hey, Central Valley Church, this is Shane Lehman. And I just want to say, me for me, Naomi and the family, we miss you guys. And I'm super excited to be bringing to you guys this Sunday what God has been speaking to my heart and what we've been doing here in Mexico during this quarantine time. And so first off, I just want to say thank you for everything you guys have done to empower us to be able to move forward and advancing the gospel, advancing the kingdom here in Mexico. And so, as you all know, we have been in the midst of this pandemic and in Mexico here, we are about two months behind, maybe a month, más o menos, a month, two months behind uh, compared to everybody else. And so we, uh, we are, have strict lockdown rules, you know, two people in a car, uh, one, driving one day a week. If pastors are caught gathering, you go to jail, um, even possibly jail for those who go to services. Um, in our town where we're at, we're considered to be in a red zone. And so they got a lot more restrictions going on than um, other parts of Mexico have going on. And so in the beginning of the pandemic, we, we were, were given this lockdown and then we got hit with a storm. We got hit with a really bad storm that had tornado-like winds that um, came and it took off the roof on one of our parts of the roof on one of our buildings and it took off other people's roofs and damaged people's houses and sinkholes where cars were crashing and um, trees falling on the top of other cars and houses and it was just a mess and a lot of people houses and livelihood were damaged because of that. And so God gave us this idea. He put in our heart to go and fix people's roofs and uh, put new roofs on houses so they would no longer have to sleep with water coming in. And after that one storm, actually, we had a lot of storms that just kept coming in. And so we've been putting new roofs on houses. We have been building homes for people but we've been using this and considering ourselves an essential construction team, which is an incredible way to advance the gospel in the midst of being locked down because we're used to gathering hundreds of people literally in colonias and evangelizing and moving the gospel forward in that colonia. And so we, God gave us a, an idea to where we could actually make an essential construction team where we go out and we're advancing the gospel by not only preaching it, but also by doing hands-on rebuilding roofs, rebuilding homes, showing the love and compassion of Christ, and then getting them discipled. And so it's been beautiful. And I just want to share with you guys some incredible testimonies that have happened here during that time. There was one lady, um, her house was really bad, and we redid the whole roof. And the whole time she kept saying to us like, hey, what is it that I owe you guys? I know that I'm gonna owe you something at the end of this, how much, like this and that. And we said, no, you're not gonna owe us anything. You're not owing us anything. And at the end, she said, okay, tell me what I owe you. I know I owe you something. 
and we said, you don't owe us anything, but you own Christ everything. And we shared the gospel with her. She ends up getting saved. And then we ask her, is there anything we can pray for you for? Do you, are you sick? Or is there anything in the family that we can pray for? And she said, you know, I had a surgery that went bad and I had it 25 years ago in my knee and I'm always in pain. And, and I said, well, from a 10 being the highest, zero being the least amount of pain, where would you say you're at right now? And she was like, I'm always at like an eight and a nine. So we prayed for her and instantly, we actually prayed twice and instantly after the second time, the pain left her body. She was walking around pain free. She was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's gone. And we said, look it, you owe us nothing, but you owe Christ everything. She ends up getting saved. We end up saying, hey, can we come to your house and disciple you? She says, please do come to my house and disciple us. This woman's on her fifth husband. She's been broken so many times, broken, broken, broken. And I just felt like she, it was amazing because she had a woman at the well experience. Like we were able to show the compassion and love of Christ to a woman who was hurting inside. And so we, uh, we are advancing the gospel out here as creatively as we can in the midst of a pandemic. And I mean, there was another family where we redid the roof too as well. And at the end, they have no Christian background. They come out and, uh, I start sharing the gospel and the woman just starts crying and her son starts like, or not crying, but her son is just like emotional. And so they end up getting saved. They end up asking us to come to the house and start discipling them. And we've got testimony after testimony. One guy, we one uh, family were actually getting ready to rebuild the house. We rebuilt the mother-in-law's house for this man. And we went up to this, the man of the house and we, um, we felt so bad for the situation because it was such a broken situation where the children are wearing the same diaper for like two days. They never have clothes. One of their kids died from malnutrition, not having any food. And that day I broke when I saw the situation, just cried and cried and was like, I told the founder, we got to build a house for them. They cannot be living in this shack. We got to take care of them. And so we've been showering them with love. We've been showering them with food. We've been showering them with uh, pampers and different things and showing them Christ's love for them. Well, anyways, we came to the man one day and he's not saved. And um, we told him, we said, look at man, this house that we're going to build you, it could last you like 20 years brand new before you have to start fixing stuff. But a new life can last you for eternity. And this is the importance of you giving your life to Christ and becoming his disciple. And the man is getting saved right there. And now he's being discipled. And it's incredible to see this. I mean, the team we have is so incredible. I like to brag on them. It's You have Roberto. He's incredible calling of evangelists. He's so anointed to win people for the, the kingdom of God. Then you have Mario who loves discipleship. So now we have a guy who can disciple right away and can stop while we're working and start discipling. You have Pastor Onufu who already has a church. And so we have a church that we can plug people into. Um, you have Pepe who's got the ministry of helps, like literally has the gift and he's an incredible helper. Um, you have Davisito who loves taking the pictures and helps with little odds and ends. And it's been awesome to see how we all function together in our giftings and moving the gospel forward 
when nobody in our city is doing anything. Like, it's incredible. And so God has been faithful in moving, and, and we have been willing to say, God, we want to do whatever you want to do in the midst of this pandemic. And at the same time, we've been using this time as a time of personal evaluation or repentance and saying, God, what areas of our life can we clean out and how, how can we draw closer to you? And so it's been an incredible time. And I just got to say thank you again because you guys have empowered us. You guys have empowered us to move forward with the gospel here in Mexico. Let's jump right in. I just want to share with you an crazy encounter that I have with the Lord that has forever shifted my life and has propelled me into the next stage with the Lord. And I believe that the Lord is wanting to raise this same attitude up and this same characteristic in the body of Christ. And it's called humility. So I had this encounter that has forever shifted my life. You know, we have these encounters in our life that, uh, that propel us into next seasons. And so this encounter propelled me into the next season. And so one day I was, I went to bed at night. I had been going through a lot of highs and lows for many days, like just frustrations. And then, okay, God, I got this in the mission field. And, you know, the mission field is romanticized until you're actually in it and in it for a long period of time, you know. And so we I'm, I'm laying on my bed and I'm staring at the ceiling and I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. Shane, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And he says it again. Shane, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And I'm running verses through my head and I go to sleep. Well, I wake up the next day and in the morning when I wake up, the first thing I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, thunderous inside thunderous, Shane, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And so I got up, started looking at different verses in the scripture and different stories and seeing what Jesus' idea of greatness was and and it and it, it is I started realized that the Lord was really starting to highlight something to me. And so that day was a prayer meeting for for their, uh, the missions base and we would all gather together and, and pray. And so I go to the prayer meeting and I actually didn't want to be there. I was still like frustrated inside about a bunch of different things. And I get on my face in the prayer meeting and say, God, I'm just going to get as low as I can because I, I need you. I need you. I have learned that in our most frustrating states and our most low spots in life, that is the place where I have actually encountered God the most that has actually propelled me into a next season. And so this encounter that I had propelled me into the next season. And so I, I share, I'm, I'm low, I'm on the floor, everybody's praying, the prayer meeting's pretty dull. And, I hear the Holy Spirit say, Shane, I want you to wash everybody's feet in this place. And I'm like, well, there's like 25 to 35 staff members. I don't really want to wash everybody's feet here, Lord. Like, you know, I didn't come here to wash feet. I came here to preach the gospel. I'm going to Mexico, this and that. I'm, I'm reaching, uh, reasoning inside this and that. And, uh, and so I finally just say to myself, stop talking and just do it. So I get up, I go get a bucket, I get a towel, put some soap in there, and I start washing everybody's feet. And the first person that I start to wash their feet, I get on, I get on the floor, I start, getting, I start wailing uncontrollably, feeling waves of the Holy Spirit crashing over me, crashing over me. Every person that I went to, it took about an hour, a little over an hour to do everybody's feet. 
And every person that I'm doing it, I'm hearing internal like, I call it internal audible because it's so thunderous. Like you know that it's Holy Spirit and he's saying, this is the pathway to power, humility. Shane, are you willing to take it? This is the pathway to power, humility. Shane, are you willing to take it? Every person, by the time I was done, I was paralyzed. I was like just shaking, standing still. I could not say anything. I'm overwhelmed with the presence of God. A shift in my heart, completely changing in my heart to where it's affected my parenting. It changed the way I've parented my kids. It's changed the way I've become, I've been as a husband for my wife. It's changed the way I've related to people in ministry. And in the midst of that moment, it was like Philippians chapter two became an instant download. Like I knew what Philippians chapter two meant, meant to think of others greater than yourself to, even though Christ was equal with God, he didn't consider it robbery like, he still humbled himself to the Father until death. Like, I'm going to like listen and do everything my Father says to do, even though I'm God and equal with him. I became a human, I humbled myself, I left all of my, my, my pleasures up in heaven. Like, think about this. God, Jesus in the flesh, God, he's God, right? He's forever living for eternity. Jesus is God, forever living for eternity. He always has been. He's always been humble. He didn't just like come down to earth and put on humility then. He's already been humble. He is humility. And so he humbles himself. He leaves all of those pleasures in heaven. Like he leaves being clothed in jasper, sardius, like Revelation chapter four, and puts on clothes and comes to the earth, becomes a man, like humbles himself, feels the weight of sin, feels what it's like to be tired, feels what it's like to be hungry. And most of us would say like, hey, you you own all the power. Like if you see somebody in authority that's got, you know, they got a billion dollar, business or let's put the president out there for instance you're a president of the united states right and you have all this power all this authority most people would say you shouldn't have to go hungry you shouldn't have to uh go without like you have all power like why would you go without these things but yet christ who had everything in heaven everything, all power, authority, but yet still has it as a man, left that comfortable zone of never being tired, of not having to wear these cool clothes. <laughs> you know, he, he left all of that and became a man. He left all of his comfortabilities and became a man and put the weight of this fragile human body because yeah, he can woo us with like a power show and demonstrate his power, but it's humility that won us in love. It was his humility on going to the cross, like he was obedient unto death. Like he humbled himself to his father, did what his father said, and because of that, it resulted in us having a relationship with him. So it's humility that birthed love relationship that we can have with him. This is incredible. And so I start to realize like, this is the pathway to power. This is what I want to embrace. This is what I want in my life. The reality is when you know who you are, you don't have to prove who you are. And so this is the example that Christ laid down for us. Like he didn't, he 
portrayed who he was by being confident in who he was and demonstrating it to us. This is incredible. So now it's launched me into what does the Bible say humility looks like? And that's what we're going to look at today because I can share these things, but I want the practical because I want you guys to know and to understand and even discuss amongst your friends, amongst your uh, family, what does humility look like and how can we grow in this? In the midst of a culture where anger and 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 slander is like escalating. I mean, we're seeing Psalm 2 like at its escalation. Let us break their bonds. We want nothing to do with righteousness. Where we're seeing the new norm of like putting each other down and and, and we're seeing this new norm take place. It's humility that's going to draw the nations to Christ. And actually, there's a proverb that says that he beautifies the humble, that he takes pleasure in his people and he beautifies the humble. And so what does that actually mean to be beautified by the hum, to be beautified with humility, to be beautified? If you are to be beautified, it means you are to be attractive. So humility is what is actually going to attract the nations to Christ. When we start to portray humility of what, how Christ acted on this earth and how he operated, when we start to do this, it will cause people to be attracted to the way that we live and they're going to want what you want. They're going to want what I want. They're going to want what you want. They're going to want what Christians want if we are walking in humility because humility produces relationship. It took Christ to humble himself in love to draw us unto him. So I have a few, I have some things that I have written down here of what humility is. And let's just take a look at this. So humility is not being quiet and timid. The world has painted this image of like, oh, he's humble, he's quiet. Just because somebody's quiet doesn't mean that they're humble. We don't, Jesus is the ultimate image of humility and yet he was not quiet. I mean, he was silent like a lamb to the slaughter, but yet he was very active in proclaiming the kingdom of God. He was very active in teaching. He was very active in standing in righteousness. Humility is not being passive. Oh, we're just gonna let it go by. Humility is standing for the truth when your own intellect is not wanting to stand for the truth. Humility is bringing all of your thoughts and emotions and submitting them to the Lord. Humility is submission to the word in a world that wants nothing to do with humility. Humility is thinking of others greater than yourself. Humility is saying, I only wanna do what the Father says to do. Humility is trusting in the word above all opinions. Humility is obedience to Christ. Humility is praying for the sick because he is the healer and we can't even make it happen on our own. Humility is when is and humility is and will sometimes bring conflict because of standing for the truth in a culture that doesn't stand this is very important humility will bring conflict because you will stand for the word of god and when you stand for the word of god there is conflict at times that make that make it tough and you're and you might even question yourself, am I acting in humility in this hour? Yes, you are acting in humility in this hour because you are standing for truth and righteousness. Humility 
beautifies the believer. Humility is what makes the believer attractive to where others will say, yes, that is authentic Christianity. Yes, this is what I want. I think it's amazing that we see in the Gospels, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, take my yoke, learn from me, for I am gentle and I and humble, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. We we only see Jesus proclaim one character of himself, and that's humility. And yet he asked us to learn humility. Think about that. He could have just he could have talked about any characteristic that he has, but yet he says, "Take from me, learn from me humility. Learn this from me." So if the God in the flesh on the earth walking in signs, wonders, miracles, advancing the kingdom, becoming a political interruption to where even Rome is saying we want to overthrow this Jesus who is proclaiming to be king of the Jews, if he is saying, learn from me humility, learn this from me, how much more should we pay attention to what humility is? How much more should we actually grow in this? You know, we could put on a conference that's called the Fire and Power Conference or the Coming Counter God Conference, or we could Supernatural Conference or How to Walk in the Power of the Holy Spirit Every Single Day Conference. Or when was the last time you heard of a conference called Humility? When humility is the hinge in which everything hangs on. How many people would actually attend that conference? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Humility is not something that we're always wanting to grow in, but yet it is essential that we grow in humility so we can grow in the next step in the things of God. I believe that humility is what the Lord is trying to produce in the body of Christ in this hour, that they would lay all of their thoughts down at the feet of Jesus, that they would lay all of their ideologies down at the feet of Jesus, that they would... They would take all of their um, their wisdom, their man wisdom, and they lay it down at the feet of Jesus and say, I am here and I'm going to completely, utterly submit myself to your word, your leadership, your power, your and prayer, everything that they would submit completely and say, teach me how to be humble. Teach me to be like Christ. Teach me to be like you. And that the Holy Spirit would begin to teach the body of Christ in this hour how to walk in humility. I believe this with all my heart. I have some things written down here I wanted to read to you that I just think are incredible. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Matthew 20, 28. I mean, we hear the word, sir, you know, serve, serve, serve. It almost You almost wish there was another word other than serve that we could use because we've used the word serve so much. But the reality is, the servant is the greatest. In the midst of COVID, have you bagged someone's groceries? You're serving somebody. In the midst of everything going on, have you prayed for people? You're serving them. Um, and you're operating in humility because you're not putting reliance on yourself, you're putting reliance on God and you're saying, God, my ways are not your ways. I'm gonna decrease so you can increase. And you know, you can look for different ways to serve. It's much more than just taking on a task for an event. And so God will reveal to you different ways that you can serve and be the greatest. Christ 
Oh, this is so amazing. I love this right here. Christ did not insist on being honored, understood, or viewed rightly. Jesus emptied himself of his reputation in the eyes of man. He embraced a lifestyle in which everyone understood him and his abilities. People never knew how superior his abilities were. When they saw him, they saw nothing to distinguish him. He was content to be seen as an ordinary man with, without any special form, status, or comeliness, attractiveness, and without seeking esteem. Christ humbled himself. He walked humbly. He called people higher. He didn't come and say, you must submit to me. You, you know what he did when he took the disciples? He humbled himself and said, you know what? I'm going to call the disciples higher. I'm going to teach them that there's more for them. There's more for them. When he could have been so extremely dominative, but yet he did everything in invitation by love. Incredible. Jesus expressed the glory of the Father in his humanity. He didn't lose his identity as God by becoming a human, but rather in it, he expressed the truth about the nature of God. God revealed his glory to Moses as being gracious with great patience and goodness. Ay, ay, ay. Check this out. I want to read this to you. This is just, my heart's exploding as I just even read about the humility of Christ to you. Jesus didn't put on humility just to accomplish a task on earth. Humility is part of his eternal nature. He has existed for eternal existed eternally in the form of God as a servant. He did not become something in the incarnation that he was not already. It's incredible to see the picture of Jesus, the Son of God, on his knees before sinful man with a rag wiping their feet, the God of the universe on his knees, wiping the disciples' feet with a rag. This is the display of humility. I think that we're so familiar with this picture, but yet there's so much power in this picture. And this is what I believe God is calling the body of Christ to, to humble themselves and submit to the word and submit to the promises that God has given us. The signs and wonders will follow those that believe. That if we preach the gospel, that people will get saved. That some plant, some water, and some, some bring in the harvest. Like God is calling us to humble ourselves to the word, his promises, and righteousness so that he may beautify the believers and bring the nations to Jesus. Jesus, my favorite description of Jesus is the desire of all nations. Christ is the desire of all nations, and the Father is committed to the nations coming to the King Jesus. I thank you guys for, for this opportunity to be able to share from a distance of what God has been speaking to us. And let me just pray, so let's just bow our heads. And Father, I just thank you for this church, Lord, and everybody who's tuning in to this, um, to this teaching, this video. And Father, I ask you right now that you encounter them with power on their hearts, God. God, that they would hunger and they would thirst for the righteous one, Christ. I ask you, Father, right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. God, I ask you right where they're at right now that you release your presence 
and your power and that they would choose the pathway to power of humility in Jesus' name. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It'd help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cvcmadera.churchcenter.com for more information. We love you. God bless.